0: Numbers chapter number 24 starting at verse number 17 and then we'll jump to Matthew chapter number 2. If You can stand to your feet for the reading of the word and honoring of God's word. Numbers chapter 24, if you don't have your Bibles, it's up on the screen here. And the scripture says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star. Somebody say a star. There shall come a star out of Jacob and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. Matthew chapter number two, starting at verse number one. The scripture says, Now when Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, there came wise men from the east. Somebody say, From the east came from the east to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his, somebody say star, we've seen a star in the east and are come to worship him. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he demanded of them where Christ should be born. And they said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is it written by the prophet, and thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had privately called the wise men, inquired of them diligently what time the star appeared and he sent them to Bethlehem and said go and search diligently for the young child and when you have found him bring me word again that I may come and worship him also when they had heard the king they departed and lo the star which they saw in the east went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was and when they saw the star I want you to take quick notice here. They haven't seen Jesus yet. They hadn't even laid eyes on him yet. But just when they seen the star, they just seen the sign. When they seen the star, they rejoiced exceeding great joy. I want to preach today on a simple subject the star the star lord we thank you for this day we thank you for your word god these are your people this is your church god i am your vessel use me lord help me to speak every word as intended and i pray that my flesh will not get in the way in jesus name we pray somebody say amen Amen. you ready to receive the word let's clap our hands unto the lord you may be seated presence of the lord As we opened in our opening text in the book of Numbers, chapter number 24, it is important to take note that Moses is the author of, Mo- of, um, of Numbers. It is Moses that is also the author of the first five books of the Bible. You know, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. It is this Moses who was never supposed to live beyond one day of his life due to the rapidly growing israelites pharaoh was having all male children killed at birth but moses was preserved for the preservation of god's people if i could take a moment here and just give a few more examples of the importance of how god preserves one in order to preserve many The Bible also lets us know that the entire generation of those living during the days of Noah were destroyed by water. But Noah, who found grace in the eyes of the Lord and found grace in the eyes of God, was preserved for the preservation of mankind. Someone here today, even you and I, needs to grab hold of that. Because that you and I here today have been preserved not only for the saving of our soul, but for the preservation of someone else. The preservation of a family member, a child, a grandchild, someone in our family is going to be preserved because God has preserved you. As we read and you dive into the book of Numbers, as the book of Numbers begins, the nation of Israel was camped at the foot of Mount Sinai. The people had received God's law and were prepared to move. A census was taken to determine the number of men fit for military service. Then the people were set apart for God, meaning he wanted them to be a holy people. God was making the people both physically and spiritually ready to receive their inheritance. It is important that you and I become both physically and spiritually ready to receive what belongs to us. Because we can think we are physically ready and fit, but if our spirit is not right, God will not give us what belongs to us. We can think that we are spiritually fit and ready, but if our physical, if our mind is not right, our mind is not in the right place, God cannot give us what belongs to you and I. But we must both have physical and spiritual fitness in order to receive our inheritance. This is what the first 10 chapters of Numbers is speaking about. It's what it's covering. It's dealing with the numbering of the nation when the census is taking place. It's dealing with the role of the Levites. For the Bible says in Numbers 3 verse number 45. It says take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel. Also in the first 10 chapters it's letting us know at this particular time that it is at the time of the first passover in exodus chapter number 13 where god instructed every israelite to dedicate its firstborn son to him meaning they were set apart to assist Moses and Aaron in ministering to the people but now God is giving new instructions in the book of numbers now God is giving these instructions that he wants the Levites to replace the firstborn sons in ministry responsibility then God gave clear instructions on how to maintain purity in the camp it is important that you and I maintain purity in our house purity in our life there are some things that many of us should not be indulging into if it's not pure there are many things and even many people that we should not be surrounding ourselves with if it's not pure there are things that some of us many of us including myself need to take an inventory check And say, who am I surrounding myself with? Where am I going places? What am I entertaining myself with? But God is expecting you and I to be separate, to be holy, to be pure. How can a people in this world know who to look to if we're intermingled with everything else? But there must be a people that is set apart, that is called out of darkness into his marvelous light. So that when people are trying to escape darkness, they can see the children of the light and say within themselves, I don't know where I am right now, but I know where I should be going. And those people is who I need to be around. So God gave instructions here in the book of Numbers on how to maintain purity. And then next came receiving guidance for the journey because people need vision. After the first 10 chapters, the next five chapters deal with them during their first approach to the promised land. And during this first approach to the promised land, this is when the people start complaining. This is when Miriam and Arian criticize their leader. They criticize Moses. Thinking that they can do what Moses can do, and God speaks to them as well. And why is Moses the one that thinks he's always right? And in the midst of all that, we know that the spies end up rebelling and coming back with an evil report. This is important because once your eye is off the goal, you lose the vision. And when you lose the vision, you start complaining then it becomes easy to point the finger at the leader and have a spirit of Aaron and Miriam. That said, does God talk to him only? See, this is what happens when fishermen don't fish. See, we are called to be fishers of men. We are called to be casting our net at all times. We are called to win those that are lost, to bring them into salvation. We're called to go out a- Uh, uh, beyond these four walls and to tell somebody about Jesus Christ. But see, this is what happened when fishermen don't fish. When those that are called to fish, they don't fish, they begin to fight. Instead of casting nets, they begin to cast stones. Instead of having helping hands, they turn into accusing fingers. Instead of helping the hurt, we begin to hurt people. This is what happens when fishermen don't fish. See, now the people are so far from God, they don't even realize it. They are at the doorstep of the promised land yet miles away in their heart. That's why Jesus said when he was walking here on earth in Matthew chapter 15, verse number eight, this people draw off nigh unto me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. See, the spies rebelled. Why? Because when your heart is not in the right place, you will listen and believe a lie. And so now we will find as we go through the book of Numbers, the next seven chapters, they wander. They're just simply going in circles. Why? Because they've lost sight of the vision. They stop believing. And they start accusing their brothers. Until one day, the Bible lets us know that a generation finally had enough of walking in circles. A generation that finally got a hold of faith and they tossed fear to the side. And it's important that we understand this generation, not only an age bracket, but a mindset. Because I wonder if I'm speaking to anyone today that has the right heart, that has the right mind. That is willing to make a decision today to say, I'm done walking in circles, but I'm ready to receive what belongs to you and I. I'm done accusing people. I'm done looking to leadership. I'm done looking to people and pointing blame at certain individuals, but I'm ready to have a made up mind, a determined spirit to receive my inheritance. I'm all to say, "Amen." To the point to where you are ready to receive and take your possession. Because we ought to be done talking about it, but we ought to start doing it. We ought to be done talking about moving forward. I would say, let's just move. And it starts in our heart. That's why oftentimes I ask the Lord, help me, Jesus, and give me another spirit. Because we need the right spirit. Because I believe, church, that we are at the doorstep of the promise. I'm going to say that again. I believe that we are at the doorstep of the promise. And I don't want to be left behind. But I want to be involved right in the middle of what God is doing. Let's clap our hands unto the Lord. When we have the right heart. When we become a people ready, both physically and spiritually, God will have those that want to curse you begin to bless you. Those that want to destroy you become your footstool. We have land promised to us in this city. We have territory promised to us in this city. And we must become ready to possess what belongs to us. Nothing can stop us from receiving what belongs to you and I. Not too long ago, we already marched and claimed the north, the south, the east, and the west. So we already spoke it into the atmosphere that this city belongs to this church and when we march we march by faith we march as one and we march believing knowing that in due season we shall reap if we faint not that's why I've come to tell somebody and challenge you in the Holy Ghost there is a promise knocking at the door and I refuse to bag up but I'm here to stand and proclaim is there anybody here that's ready to receive the promise? Hallelujah. I'm talking about your children and your children's children. And to all that are far off, as many as the Lord God shall call. Oh, we ought to rejoice off his word right there. Amen. See that's what takes place Please be seated Just get ready to stand right back up That's what takes place in chapter number 22 with Balaam Mm -hmm. If you take the time to read chapter number 22 Let's go there Chapter 22 starting at verse number 1 Because the scripture lets us know As we dive into this Remember, God is going to use people that want to curse us to bless us. God is going to use people that want to remove us to elevate us. I'm telling you what I know in the Holy Ghost. Because when we, as we grow and as we multiply and as we advance and as we move forward in Jesus, Everybody's not going to be excited about that. If you think, if you think people just go be coming to this church shaking my hand saying, "Pastor, great job, you're doing marvelous," Can, can I sit under your leadership? I want to be a student under you. Oh no, God ascend those that do humble themselves. But you better believe it. There's going to be those that want to try to take us down oh y'all want me, let me just stick to the book then, let me stick to the book Numbers chapter 22 the bible says and the children of Israel set forward, because if you don't believe it out of Eddie Robinson's mouth, at least believe it from God and pitched in the plains of Moab in this side Jordan by Jericho and Balak the son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites Uh uh-huh, see they're starting to take notice, see that The Bible says, and Moab was sore afraid of the people because there were many and Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. And Moab said unto the elders of Midian, now shall this company lick up all that are round about us as the ox licketh up the grass of the field. And Balak, the son of Zippor, was king of the Moabites at that time. He sent messengers therefore unto Balaam, the son of Beor." to Pethor which is by the river of the land of the children of his people to call him saying behold there is a people that came out of Egypt behold there is a behold they cover the face of the earth and they abide over against me come now therefore I pray thee curse me this people for they are too many or too mighty for me peradventure I shall prevail that we may smite them and that I may drive them out of the land, for I walked that he whom thou blessest. what means no, for I know that he whom thou blessest is blessed, and he whom thou cursest is cursed. And the elders of Moab and the elders of the Midian departed with the reward of the divination. They had money in their hand to take the Balaam to offer him. See, Balaam was a sorcerer, one called upon to place curses on others. Sorcery sorcerers were thought to have power with the gods thus the king of Moab wanted Balaam to use his power with God with the God of Israel to place a curse upon his own people now it's interesting because many people have asked me why did the Lord use Balaam so we must understand this when God wants to deliver a message he'll use anyone and anybody he chooses to deliver that message So I want to tell somebody, don't miss your message because you're looking at the messenger. See, plus we must forget this is no different than him using wicked Pharaoh to get his message across to Egypt. It's no different. Balaam had some knowledge of God, but not enough to forsake his magic. And really, it came down to his greed. To give his whole heart to God. See, we see that here in Numbers chapter 22. Let's go to verse number 16. For the scripture says, and they came to Balaam and said to him, thus saith Balak, the son of Zippor, let nothing, I pray thee, hinder thee from coming unto me. For I will promote thee unto very great honor. See, you got to be careful when people are wanting to lift you up. You got to be careful when people are wanting to promote you. You got to be careful when everybody around you just wants to elevate you. Oh, they got an agenda in mind. The scripture says in verse number 17, for I will promote thee unto a very great honor. I will do whatsoever thou sayest unto me. Come therefore, I pray thee, curse me this people. And Balaam answered and said unto the servants of Balak, if Balak would give me his house full of silver and gold, I cannot go beyond the word of the Lord my God to do less or more now Balaam's got the right spirit here doesn't it he? let's look and see here now therefore I pray you tarry you also here this night that I may know what the Lord will say unto me now or unto me more and God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him listen very closely church verse number 20 and God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him if the men come to call thee rise up and go with them But yet the word shall I say unto thee, thou shalt do. Verse number 21 says, and Balaam rose up in the morning and saddled his ass and went and went with the princes of Moab. And God's anger was kindled because he went. Now, wait a minute. I thought God told him to go. Let's go back to verse number 20. Listen, and God came unto Balaam at night and said unto him, If the men come to call thee, rise up and go. The Bible says in verse number 21, Balaam rose up in the morning and waited on the men to come. Oh, no, he already got himself ready to go. God told him, if they come to you, then you go. But you're going to say what I tell you to say. But he got up that next morning and made his own choice, his own decision and said, I'm going because he already had it up in his mind what he wanted to do. And see, when you make it up in your mind what you want to do and move ahead of the will of God, God knows I can't use that. I can't bless that. So then we know the rest of the story. That's when Balaam is making his way and that's when the angel comes down ready to kill this man with a sword drawn and he's so simple and he's so greedy he's so ready to receive what belongs to him he doesn't even realize it the donkey that he's riding on sees the angel before he does the donkey seen the angel and had more sense than Balaam why because the donkey wasn't going in greed Balaam was God gave him simple instructions. He said when they come to you, then you're going to go and I'll tell you what to say. But Balaam already said, well, I'm thinking about more than what you're thinking about. So I'm going to go ahead and prepare myself for this money that's coming my way. The scripture lets us know that the donkey then got so frustrated and so upset because Balaam is striking the thing. Upset because he won't move. But the donkey is saying, "I'm trying to save your life." The donkey gets frustrated. Now, some of y'all are like, how in the world is this happening? How is he communicating with an animal? Well, just somebody say, "God did it." Mm-hmm. Uh huh. God did it. Uh-huh. And see, some of us can be so stubborn, we need a donkey to come talk to us. And say, you need a change. Do something different. Uh-huh. Because sometimes if we will not listen to people, maybe an animal can get our attention. We think maybe a giraffe will just come out of the trees and give us a word. We'll believe that before we believe the man of God. Help us, Lord. I don't need no giraffe showing up on my doorstep. I'm sorry, but I'm not communicating. I'm running. It's a plant eater. I don't care. I may look like a tree to him. I'm out. The donkey gets frustrated. Have I not been good to you? What you striking me for? What are you hitting me for? Until finally, the eyes of Balaam are now open. And and he realizes what's going on. But see, before his eyes are open, the scripture says that the donkey, because he's getting struck so much, hit up against the rock, and the Bible says Balaam's foot was crushed. Because any time you step out of the will of God and you decide to go on your own, you will mess up your walk. You will hinder your walk every single time. You step out of the will of God and try to do things your way instead of God's way. The Bible begins to continue to let us know that in verse number 31, chapter number 22, then the Lord opened the eyes of Balaam and he saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand and he bowed down his head and fell flat on his face. And the angel of the Lord said unto him, wherefore thou hast smitten thine ass these three times? What you doing hitting him for? Behold, I went out to withstand thee because thy way is perverse before me. The angel of the Lord said unto Balaam, go with the men, but only the word that I shall speak unto thee, that thou shalt, that thou shalt speak. So Balaam went with the princes of Balak. See, at King Balak's request, Balaam traveled nearly 400 miles to curse Israel. Balak took Balaam to the highest place of Baal then to Mount Pishkah and then to Mount Peor. Each place looked over the plains of Moab where the Israelites were camped. But to the king's dismay, Balaam was used by God to bless and not to curse his people. Everywhere he went, God blessed instead of cursing. I want to let this church know that there are people and organizations that are wanting to curse us. But I want you to know that God is going to use them to bless us. I'm going to say that one more time. There are people and organizations in this city that are going to want to curse us but God is going to shift it and they will bless us. I'm telling you right now what I feel so strong in the spirit. There are, there are going to be groups of people, individuals, and companies that are worth millions that will bless us. That will bless us with things beyond our imagination. They will see the things that we're doing. They will see the anointing of God upon our life. They will see the direction that God is taking us in and I'm telling you that we will just rise up and see donations after donations gifts after gifts because that's what god does when god decides to bless his people you better get ready because he doesn't do it scarcely but no he opens up the windows of heaven pours out blessings there's not even room enough to receive clap your hands unto the lord hallelujah Hallelujah. the scripture lets us know in numbers chapter 24 That God begins to deal with Balaam as he goes and blesses them. Then he moves somewhere else and blesses them. Then he moves somewhere else and blesses them. Balak is taking Balaam everywhere to curse his people because he's saying, well, maybe I need to take him somewhere else. Maybe I need to take him to this place. And then the scripture lets us know as we go to Numbers 24, verse number 16. He hath said which heard the words of God and knew the knowledge of the Most High, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. Verse 17 says, I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not now. They shall come a star out of Jacob. The Bible lets us know as we continue to read and a scepter shall rise out of Israel and shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. The scripture lets us know in the book of Matthew chapter number two, verse number two, when they begin to say, where is he that is born king of the Jews? For we have seen his, somebody say star. We've seen his star. And his star is coming from the east. What's interesting here is that I did a little homework and research and I've come to find out. It didn't take me long to figure out that this church actually sits on the east side. That we are on the east side of Lafayette. And the Bible begins to let us know here that when he in verse Matthew 2 verse number 2. Where is he that is born of Lafayette? The Jews, for we have seen his star in the east and we are come to worship him. What's interesting is, is that not only are we a church that sits on the east side, but Lafayette also has a nickname. I did some research and some of you may realize this and know this. Some of you may not, but Lafayette has a nickname and it's called the Star City. What's interesting is, is that as I think about the name, nickname rather, of Lafayette, known as the Star City. And I begin to think about how that name has been around for some time now, many, many years, that nickname has been around. And so I begin to click a little bit more and I found out that the city actually has a flag. Some of you may not know this. But many of you, when you leave church today, it's a little dark outside now. But as you come around out of the drive, I want you to just to look across the street. The fire station has a couple flags up. One is the American flag. One is, I believe, the Indiana, the state flag. And then the other is the city flag. And that city flag has a star. And I said, well, look at this. Here we are. I'm sitting right across the street and didn't even realize that Lafayette was called the Star City and we got our own flag. And here we are located on the east side. I said, Well, Jesus. Oh, s- some of you ought to catch where, where I'm. Where, Is it, it, it's, it's, it's somebody catching that drift right there? Huh? Some, some ought to say, come, c- come on, preach, preacher, preach, preacher. Huh? You catching that? Because, see, when I was at the meeting on Saturday, I heard someone say that the place to come to if you need recovery is Lafayette. Is that the truth? Am I telling the truth? They said the place to come to if you need recovery is Lafayette. Well, you know I got stirred up in my spirit. They better be happy I didn't have a mic right then. (laughs) I'd have jumped up on the table. I said, well, you in the right place. (laughs) Because not only should Lafayette the city be the place to come to for recovery. But the church that is located on the east side should be the church where the people come for spiritual recovery, for spiritual development, for spiritual healing, for spiritual growth. Because the Bible says, they haven't got to Jesus yet. They just seen the star. And they begin to rejoice at the star. Well, I said, Lord, let us be the church of the star city. I want to be the church that when people see the church, they begin to rejoice. All because they seen the star. <laughs> Woo! Can, can, I, can I stay excited for a little bit? Because that struck my spirit when that young man said, if you want recovery, come to Lafayette. I said, well, my God. He just don't know what he just said to me. He, he done spoke that to the wrong person. He said, if they need help, come to Lafayette. And here they are sitting in this church. And I said, Lord, help us be the church. Of the star city if this is the star city and the Bible says when the people sing the star they rejoice I'm here to tell this church that when people see this church they ought to start rejoicing there ought to be something so powerful coming off the walls of this church that when people walk by when people drive by when people walk in this place they ought to rejoice exceeding great joy because I want to tell somebody I want to tell somebody from the front row to the back row uh, that we should be the church of the star city Uh, there should not be a church in this entire city that people look to for recovery but when they come to Lafayette they don't come to Lafayette just to recover from drugs and alcohol but they come to pull their way out of sin pull their way out of dope pull their way out of drugs pull them out But we have to be the church somebody say of the star city oh yes if they claim if we claim to be the star city we ought to be the church of the star city why go anywhere else why attend anywhere else if we believe that God is able to do all things this ought to be the church this ought to be the group of people. We ought to have folks. We better get ready. You better get ready for people lining up at the door. Sometimes i go around to Starbucks. Don't even talk about Chick-fil-A. Oh, Lord. Now, that's holy food there, but that line be so wrapped around that place. I said, Lord, we ought to have a day where people are wrapped around the parking lot trying to get in this house because they know that this is the church of the Star City, and this is where my help comes from. This is where my healing comes from. This is where salvation is. Yeah. Hallelujah. hallelujah well i got half of you awake i'll wake up the rest of you maybe here in the next three minutes but i want you to understand somebody say star city that's the city you live in star city and the scripture says before they even seen jesus see before we even introduce them to jesus they ought to rejoice See, because when you are anticipating, when you are anticipating having fun, you're already excited. Amen. If you're a hunter in here or a fisherman, you get excited before you even hit the hunting, whatever. Yeah, I'm not a hunter. I'll I go to a gun range though uh, and then I'm going to put the weapon down I'm going to walk away and say the Lord is my light my salvation whom should I fear <laughs> it, before you even hit the banks you're excited you're getting your fishing rod ready you're getting your, bank, your bait you're ready You're rejoicing before you even catch a fish. church of the star city people ought to be rejoicing before they even come and meet Jesus they're just anticipating I heard healing takes place I heard people are being restored in there I heard people are recovering in there I heard people that had cancer but now the cancer has no disappeared I heard when they lay hands on the sick they shall recover in there I heard that people that had tumors the tumors fall off in that place I heard people that couldn't walk right stood up straight in that place I heard people in wheelchairs got up and walked in that place I'm talking about us being the church of the star city hallelujah Hallelujah. because even when they see the place they rejoice oh that's the place right there that's that building those are those people. There they go. Don't, don't get into that left lane. You better stay in the far lane. If you don't want to change, that anointing may hit you. Don't get too close to that place. That's them right there. That's the church. Amen. Don't even recognize the name. They just say that's the church. Those are those people. Because then once they come in here, the scripture says when they sing Jesus. Huh. See, when we introduce people to Jesus, the Bible says they fell and worshipped. Yes, yes, Amen. Before they even seen Jesus, though, they were excited just to see the symbol that represented his presence. That's what I'm trying to tell this church. We must be the star city church. We must be the church of this star city to where when people just see the building, the symbol, they rejoice in anticipation that something's going to take place in this house. To where they come and they bow down at the feet of Jesus. Amen. I, 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 I'm trying to get us as a body ready and see what we were doing just a little bit ago in that worship, that creating that atmosphere and shifting the things that are taking place. See, that was the lord giving us the confirmation at least for me it was it was the lord confirming see yeah that's it right there see if my people that are called by my name if they just come together i know the scripture says if they just humble themselves and pray uh, but if they just come together and they begin to worship and they begin to magnify me that's what can happen in the spirit and see what happens in the spirit it will begin to take place and overflow in the natural and god begins to break chains and move mountains and people begin to say i've got to get in that place I see the church I see the symbol I'm excited to get in there because I know once I receive or step foot into that building anything can happen the scripture says that when they seen the star and I said Lord here we are. The church on the east side. They seen the star in the east. The flag is right across the street. And I didn't even know it. It had to be brought to my attention. Someone said, did you know that we are the star city? I said, where'd you hear that mess? The internet. I said, well, you done lost me already, brother. And then you begin to do the homework. It's true. Say it again. You see, you preaching my message. <laughs> I haven't got to my, you see, I've been down here. I ain't got to my notes yet. You're exactly right. We have the Star City News. Our broadcast every Sunday is on Star City Broadcast. Every Sunday, we're on Star City Broadcast. I said, well, my God. Go ahead. They need to know I'm done. Yes. It's on Star City Broadcast. I said, well, look at this. Look look at all these things. That was just all around me and didn't even recognize it. But I said, God. We need to be the church then. I, 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 I hope you're hearing your pastor right now just pour out his heart. We need to be the church then of the Star City. There shouldn't be a church that comes to people's mind when they want change, when they want healing, when they want something to take place in their life that they know they need a higher power. This church should be the first church. They don't think of anywhere else. And i just wonder is this your church to where on your job in your neighborhood you say you better you gotta come you gotta come see this you gotta come be a part of this come listen listen to my pastor listen to our singers listen to our worship come be a part of this this is my church there's no better place no greater place i would rather be than right here in my church what church do you go to the church of the star city You better. I'm gonna start telling that to people. We are the church of the city. We the stars. Somebody say Star City Church. We are the Star City Church. This church belongs to us. Oh yes. And through the help of the Lord, is to reach the entire Tippecanoe County because the city belongs to us. Church, we already marched. We claim the north, the south, the east, and we've already claimed it. And everywhere your foot should tread upon. (laughs) Everywhere you walk is yours.